Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test this morning. Lord, my soul thirsts to know you better and better. I thank you for giving me a brand new day. I thank you for bringing me again into your presence. I thank you for the privilege to worship the covenant-keeping God, to bless the maker of heaven and earth, to bless my King and my Lord. Father, be glorified forevermore because you are the ancient of days. Be glorified forevermore because you are the lords of lords. You are the King of kings. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we call you Yahweh. You call, we call you Jehovah. We call you I am. Lord, because we cannot describe you, you are beyond description. You are too marvelous for words, from, but from the depths of our hearts, we declare that we love you this morning. Take all the glory, take all the honor, take all the praises in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time in your presence again, reading the Bible, we ask, Lord, speak to us once again. Lord, help us to learn in your presence this morning and cause your name to be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to, to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. I say a big thank you to everyone who show up here every day to listen to the Bible so that we read it together and then we learn in God's presence. I want to say a big thank you. Whatever platform you're joining me on or you just follow me on social media, Mofie Yeniki, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Um, yesterday, we stopped on Romans chapter 9, uh, verse 29. Remember that we had set ourselves a target to read the New Testament in three months. And I think we are on track to be able to do that. In three months, we want to be able to finish finish reading the New Testament. Um, one of the things I noticed yesterday, you have to respect how Paul is able to connect the prophets. And this is very important. You saw how Paul reeled out, quoting the prophet, the prophet Hosea, quoting the prophet, the prophet Isaiah, um, and giving us clarity. Look, God promised already. God gave a broad spectrum of what he was going to do right from the Old Testament. And so it is just being fulfilled in the New Testament and we are partaking of it. So let's read this morning. We continue from um, verse 30. And like I said, I want us to be able to complete um, the remaining part of the book of Romans in the next two days. So uh, verse 30 starts with Israel's own belief. See, what does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standard, they were made right with God. And it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel, who tried so hard to get right, 
with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in Him. They stumbled over the great rock in their paths. The purpose of the law is to point men to the fact that they are inadequate. You can't do this yourself. There's no way you can obey the law and fulfill the, the just requirement of God. It won't work. Okay, so instead of Israel to have turned to God, Israel turned more to trying to keep the law to prove that they were righteous. It says they stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. You have to respect Paul, right? Yes, Paul is quoting the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 10. Paul will be giving us a clarity on how all of this now factor into the nation of Israel. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know that what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. You can have zeal and have it in the wrong direction. It is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. God's way of making people right with himself, right from the Old Testament, was to shed the blood of animals. Okay? The only way their sins could be discovered was to shed the blood of animals. They didn't shed their own blood. God never asked for their own blood. In other words, they had to put their trust in God. And of course, Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, eventually came to fulfill all of the lambs that they were bringing in the Old Testament. And so instead of them to put their trust in God, they put their trust in, in the law. It says, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they clinged to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. Hmm? I am sure you know that there are some Christians, there are some Christian denominations that are actually in this, they have allowed themselves to fall into this trap. They are trying, they are refusing to accept God's way and they are trying to cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. Oh, don't do this. Don't touch this. Don't wear this. Don't sit like this. Don't do this. Men should not do this. Women should not do this. It is the law. It will never make us right with God. For, says, for Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Just the same way they put their trust in that lamb 
that ram or a cow that is killed, the high priest puts his hand on the head of, 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 of the lamb or of the goats that is supposed to carry the sins of the people, puts his hands on the head and confesses the sins of the people upon that ram. And then the ram is, is left loose into the wilderness, you know, to die. Just the same way they had to trust God that a transfer was happening. Okay? A transfer was happening when they were doing that. Same also, we have to put our trust in Christ. It is as a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Next, salvation for everyone. For Moses writes that the laws... The Lord's way of making the person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. Did you see that? Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5, Moses said that the Lord's way of making people right with God requires obedience to all of all of its commands. The problem is people will never be able to keep all the commands of the law. Six, but faith's way of getting right with God, with God says... Don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say, who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life? In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 12 to 14. I think you just have to rest. See, when you are reading the book of Romans, eh? You will understand how grounded Paul was explaining the Old Testament, you know, and how it then comes into the New Testament. Okay, the message of faith says it is very close at hand, it is on your lips and in your mouth. Don't say in your heart, don't say, Look, who will go and bring Christ? All of that is not our problem, it is the work that God Himself did. He says, and that message is very is the very message about faith that we preach. Nine, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly openly declaring your faith that you are saved. That is how it works. Eleven, as the scripture tells us. Anyone who trusts in him will never will never be disgraced. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. I think most times eh, a lot of Christians take it for granted how much Paul quotes the Old Testament to explain what is now happening in the New Testament now that Jesus already died. He says, as the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never will never be disgraced isaiah chapter 28 verse 16 jews and gentiles are the same in this respect they have the same lord who gives generously to all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved joel chapter 2 verse 32 everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved 14 but how can they call on him to Call, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says 
how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? Eh? Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1. Who has believed our message? To whom has the harm of the Lord been revealed? 17 says, so faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. But I I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the, the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the world and the words to all the world. Psalm 19 verse, verse 4. The message has gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger uh, through the foolish through the foolish Gentiles. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 21. And later Isaiah spoke boldly, boldly for God saying, I, I, will, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. Isaiah chapter 65 verse 1. Eh? Almost every verse, eh? Paul is quoting <laughs> the prophets. By re- but regarding Israel, God said, ha, All day long I opened my arm to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. Isaiah chapter 65 verse 2. Hallelujah. All right, so that completes Romans chapter 10. Let's move to Romans chapter 11. God's mercy, God's mercy on Israel. I ask then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people, whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you realize what the scripture says about this? Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me. First King chapter 19 verse 10, verse 10 and 14. And do you remember God's reply? He said, no, I have 7,000 others who have never bowed down to Baal. 1 King chapter 19 verse 18. It is the same today for a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace. His undeserved, undeserved kindness in choosing them. And since it is true God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is. Free and undeserved. God's grace is free and undeserved. Seven. So this is the situation. Most of the people of Israel have not found the favor of God they are looking for so earnestly. If you have the ones God has chosen, but the hearts of the rest were hardened. As the scripture says, God has put them into a deep sleep. To this day, he has shut their eyes so they do not see and closed their ears so they do not hear. Isaiah chapter 29 verse 10, Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 4. God has shut their eyes so they do not see and closed their ears 
so they do not hear. Likewise, David said, let their bountiful table become a snare, a trap that makes them think all is well. Let their blessings cause them to stumble and let them get what they deserve. Let their eyes go blind so they cannot see and let their backs be bent forever. Psalm 69 verse 22 to 23. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles. But he wanted his own people to become jealous and claimed and claim it for themselves. Now, if the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. And I'm telling you, they will finally accept it. Israel will finally accept Jesus as the Messiah when the rapture happens. And I'm telling you, you will see billions, billions of people will be saved. It says, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. I am saying all this, especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might save some of them. For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. Just as the entire batch of dough is holy, because the portion given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of the trees are holy, the branches will be too. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel, have been broken off. And you Gentiles, who were branches from a wild olive tree, and be, have been grafted in. So now, you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the roots of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the roots. Verse 19, well, you may say those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are, you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. You see that? We were grafted in because we put our trust in Christ. It's as simple as that. Any other addition is a waste of time. He says, so don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could fear what could happen. Okay, so when I see believers, Christians who want to do the law, eh, want to obtain righteousness by doing the law, refusing to put their trust in Christ, um, I, I know that they are ignorant. 21 says, For if God did not spare the original branches, He won't spare you, He won't spare you either. Notice how God is both kind and severe. 
is severe towards those who disobey, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also, you also will be cut off. And if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them back into the tree. You, by nature, were a branch cut from a wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he will be, by, he will, he will be far more eager to graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. Next, we read about God's mercies. God's mercy is for everyone. Verse 25, I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourself. Some of the people of Israel have, some of the people of Israel have had hearts, but this will last only until the full number of Gentiles come to Christ. Eh? That's, you see that statement, until the full number of Gentiles come to Christ is the day of rapture. When that day happens, eh, the nation of Israel will then agree with Christians that what Christ told us was going to happen has not happened. And then the nation of Israel will turn to God en masse. They will turn to God en masse. And I'm telling you, obviously, um, the Antichrist will persecute them. It says some of the people of Israel have had hearts, but this will last only until the full number of Gentiles come to Christ. And so all Israel will be saved, as the scripture says, the one who rescue will come from Jerusalem. The one who rescue will come from Jerusalem and it will turn, it will turn Israel away from ungodliness. It will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them that I will take them away from their sins. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 20 and 21. God says, this is my covenant that I will, turn, I will take away their sins. 28, 20, 28, many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news. And this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. 30. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercies. 32. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. Did you see that? Are you understanding the purpose of the law? <laughs> For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience. We will never be able to keep the law. Okay? So that he could have mercy on all of us. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the lost thoughts? 
who knows enough to give him who knows enough to give him advice isaiah chapter 40 verse 13 and who has given him so much given him so much that he needs god needs he needs to pay them back job chapter 41 verse verse 11 remember when god was coding job he said and who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory all glory to him forever amen all right that is romans chapter 11 all right so let's read let's read romans romans chapter 12 We'll complete Romans chapter 12 and then start Romans chapter 13. And if we are able to do that, that will be very glorious. If not, we will have to read four chapters tomorrow. Romans chapter 12, a living sacrifice to God. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is given, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So all of us have different gifts, right? It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Paul is just giving general advice, right? Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud. To enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all did you see that don't think you know it all so when you meet christians who think that they know everything they are walking outside god's love it says live in harmony with each other verse 16 don't be too proud 
to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Uh -huh. And don't think you know it all. 17. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Never, never take revenge. That is the word of God. Maybe somebody is listening in this morning and saying, ah, but the Bible does not say anything about uh, not uh, taking revenge. The Bible says it clearly. You are reading it now. Uh -huh. Verse, verse 19 Romans chapter 12 verse 19 Dear friends, never take revenge Leave that to the righteous anger of God For the scripture says I will take revenge eh? I will pay them back Says the Lord Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 35 I will, pay, I will take revenge I will pay them back Says the Lord Instead, if your enemies are hungry Feed them If they are thirsty Give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 21 to 22. Obviously, Jesus also talked about this, right? But there was no way Paul would have been quoting <laughs> the words of Jesus because the book of Romans were written long before the Gospels. Okay? So, he said, if they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Okay? So someone is listening in this morning. This is how you conquer evil. By, by doing good. Hallelujah. Alright, I'm so excited this morning. We are in Romans chapter 13. So we have just focused on reading today, right? Yes, we should be able to reach the whole of Romans chapter 13 before. Respect for authorities. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in position of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants. Eh? Government officials, they are God's servants. Ah, I wish our government officials will realize this. We realize this. It says the authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. Verse 5. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. 6. Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes too. For this, this same reason. Pay your taxes too for this same reason. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Ha! I wish our government officials know that this is written in the Bible. Hmm? Next, let's read Love, Love fulfills God's requirements. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of the law. For the commandment says... You must, not, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, 
you must not steal, you must not covet. Exodus chapter 20 verse 13 to 15. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love, do, love does, does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirement of God's law. This is all the more urgent for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believe. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see that? Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Father, we say thank you. Lord, help us to clothe ourselves with you this morning. Yes, the Bible says clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus. Lord, help us to clothe ourselves with you. Help us know that you are present with us, present with us in every situation that we go through. Father, I pray for someone listening this morning as they walk on the job, as they take their children to school. Lord, whatever we are doing today, Lord, help us to clothe ourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus. Father, we say thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise. Father, let today be be fruitful for someone and let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.